Bears blog boys, you know it all, computer analytic geeky nerds. Michael Schneider, Tom Cavanaugh, the Bear blog boys, know it alls. Doing some podcast somewhere. Nobody wants to hear you. Boy, what? We off the grid, grid, grid. This for my kid, kid, kid. For when my kid, kid, kids have kids. Everything we did for the coming to you live from our mama's basement. This is the Bears Wild Boys podcast. I'm your co-host Tom Cavanaugh. Here with my good buddy and other co-host, Michael Snyder, coming off the first preseason game of the Bears season. It's our first taste of Bears football. And Snyder, my biggest takeaway is that the Bears have the best offense in the NFL. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, <laughs> it's funny, I hate to be that guy to bring up fantasy or dynasty, but I am starting five Chicago Bears players. And when I seen those first two drives, it just got me fired up i was able to hit the group chat and talk my shit so it got me fired up um i mean i don't know i'm, I'm excited i know it's preseason but the things that they did can translate right if you have more screens like now you have playmakers where justin Fields doesn't have to put the team on his back but don't get it twisted he can you know like that's what really made me excited and that was my biggest takeaway yeah, no, I think the, another big takeaway, Snyder, in addition to what you said, like just the the screens and that being really successful. I, I know there's like not a whole lot to take away that you could take away from Fields' performance, the passing game's performance. But I think one thing you can take away is we always have heard throughout last year, throughout this offseason, that the Bears are looking for athletic offensive linemen. Those two plays are examples wise. They, they want those guys to get out on the move, be lead blockers out in front have those type of plays in their bag to where they can make easy plays for Justin Fields and the passing offense to just get the ball in their playmakers hands and then have, you know, the big, the big hogs um, in front block for these guys. And, and I think we saw that um, even in a very small sample, I mean, all those guys were getting out on the move. All those guys were finding second level defenders and made it really easy for the skill position players to kind of just take off and run. Right. You couldn't really ask for more, man. It's like, you put a guy in a situation to get the yak. Like we have the dudes with the acceleration and the burst and the guys to like make guys miss on their own. Like you couldn't ask for a better combination. And that's such a it's such a simple concept, right? Just get out there, do a little dink, and he's gone. But then it's like, oh wait, we have one of the most talented quarterbacks on the league as far as athletic profile. You can't forget about him too. So that just makes you such a dynamic offense. And again, she get every single Bears fan excited on what this offense could be. Yeah, no, I, it does get me really excited. And yes, it should get Bears fans excited too. And Snyder, I think too, like with DJ Moore's touchdown specifically and just the kind of the skill set he brings, I know Mooney's really fast. I know Claypool's really fast. But I think they have more of like down the field buildup speed. To where, like, I don't think that the Bears have really had a receiver like DJ Moore where, like, once he gets in full stride, or not even, like, he gets into full stride in, in the matter of seconds. And when he right. does, he's gone. Like, you you saw it on that play. Like, he just had, you know, a sliver of daylight, and no one was catching that guy. Like, he, he was gone. And, again, like, the Bears weren't really that great of a screen team, a quick throwing team last year. Now they have a guy like DJ Moore that can make stuff happen after the catch. He's probably their best receiver after the catch on the team. So uh, again, uh, probably another underrated 
part of his game that we really haven't talked about um, that gives the Bears another Gak weapon because that's what kind of this like Shanahanian offense, who they want to be, this Packers offense, kind of relies on Yak. Yeah, and they can line him up anywhere, man. Like similar, you've seen what the Packers would do with Devontae Adams, what they did last year with Christian Watson. DJ Moore is that dynamic of a player, that dynamic of an athlete. So you put him in the slot, you, you force feed him the ball and just let, you know, our athletes just our athletes, the uh, opponent's defense, man. And again, I am fired up to seeing that. Yeah, no, I'm super fired up. I thought too, like, um, to kind of expand upon the offensive line performance, I thought like that was probably the strongest just in general, like from top to top to bottom throughout the entire game. I thought all of the offensive line played really well. PFF agreed. I mean, there really wasn't anyone that graded poorly along the offensive line. Darnell Wright had a solid pass blocking grade. Um, just the starting offensive line in general pretty much had a solid pass blocking grade. Um, and then even the backups, like Alex Leatherwood, JTR Carter, Larry Borum, like they were the highest graded players. And that could be, again, they're probably going up against like, you know, the second, third, and fourth stringers. But I think for a guy like Jaitier Carter, who we really haven't seen a whole lot of, every time he's been in the game, he's played pretty well. So that's that's a good sign. I know it doesn't mean a whole lot. Like Alex Barr is kind of graded similarly and just wasn't good as a starter. But um, I, you can't take it as a bad thing, right? Like that, that some of these reserves and backups are playing well in a limited sample against, you know, some questionable competition. But it's not a bad thing. No, I mean – Doug Kramer, Larry Borum, Leatherwood, Terry Carter, like your depth guys all played 39 or more snaps and all of them combined only gave up one pressure. That was, you know, and it's so good. Larry Borum gave up one pressure on 41 offensive snaps. Like that's still very good. Um, none of the starters gave up any pressure. So you feel good about that. Yes, it's preseason, but I mean, how you couldn't ask for a more perfect start to that offensive line because it could have been the opposite. You're like, oh shit. But like, again, it's preseason. They do what they're, po- they're supposed to do. And for that unit to allow only one pressure was good. Uh, I think Avante Collins, who I think is a third string, low down the depth chart, he gave up two pressures. Which, again, not bad, but he gave up, you know, two out of the three pressures. Yeah, no, I'll take those performances all day, every day. And and we talked about it before the on the, the last podcast. And they're like, they're still kind of missing some proven depth pieces. So if these guys can be that, I feel a lot better about this group heading into it because like, you know, the rumors that are surrounding Nate Davis and just like what history would tell us, I highly doubt that the starting five that they have out there is the starting five that finishes the season. Offensive line is often a very injured position. So you need depth at that spot. So if these guys can keep stacking performance like these, I feel a lot better about them heading into the regular season. Yeah, I agree. I've been actually wanting um, like a depth guy throughout free agency all, all off season, but you no. Know, depending how this preseason keeps shaking up, I might not have that worry anymore. And again, it I think the guys are making the most out of their opportunity. Um, you know, it's just week one of the preseason, but it was very, very encouraging on a a unit as far as depth wise. That was definitely questionable by myself and you know a lot of fans out there. Yeah, absolutely, Snyder. But I think we have to talk about, eventually have to talk about the other side of the ball and their defensive and the defensive line, which has been, I guess, the the worry, the hesitation when people talk about the Bears. It's kind of like the weakness that they point at. 
But I thought that was very true in, in the early stages of the game. It, whether it was Malik Willis, whether it was Will Levis, I mean, they kind of just had all day to throw. I know Zach Pickens got in that on that sack early on, kind of got schemed up from from the stunt. But the defensive line, I felt like from the starters' perspective, when they were in the game, didn't really do a whole lot. The more encouraging part is I thought the reserves and, you know, Travis Gibson uh, mainly towards the end of the game were really ramping it up. I mean, Travis Gibson had himself a day. I know, again, it was just preseason. Like, I'm not trying to overhype this performance, but but 83.6 pass rushing grade, a 21.9% win percentage. Uh, he had eight pressures on the day, six hurries, a sack, a hit. I mean, he was all over the place. And, again, we talked about – for him specifically, the preseason was going to be really big for him, given the fall he kind of took on, on the depth chart. And, uh, man, I I just don't know if the Bears have another edge rusher not named Yannick Ngankwe that can give you the, as much juice as Trevor Gibson. I still think he can provide value to this team. And if he's going up against lower competition, we saw it yesterday, he'll win those reps. Yeah, it was definitely a big surprise when we seen it as what, like the third or fourth string on that unofficial mm-hmm. depth chart. We talked about that on our last podcast. But in my opinion, like he's the one you probably have the most upside on this defensive end group as far as a scheme fit. I mean, the guy is like six four, six five, came into the league at two sixty five. He looks thicker and well more well rounded, but he was drafted off of his athletic traits. So he looks like he can be, you know, more. I'm just talking out of this unit, take it with a grain of salt, that he could be one of the more complete guys as far as build, athleticism, and strength. I just feel like with this scheme and this back seven, you do need an edge that can collapse the pocket to kind of help everyone around him and, you know, help the guys behind him. So to have everyone have a good showing, on top of how I feel about him, I hope he takes that and keeps going. And I hope more often than not, he is the starter. He This last year, he really needed to improve in the run defense. And again, even in a, a bigger role, he didn't show a lot as a pass rusher. But again, he shows, shows like he is maybe still developing. Yeah, I think – I don't know if he'll ever be a great run defender, but I think – just use him in a limited role as a designated pass rusher. Let him just pin his ears back and get after it. Like, I don't really want him setting edges. Like, I don't think that will ever be his game. And I think that's kind of what gasses him out to where, like, when he does have to just, you know, pin his ears back and pass rush, he didn't have that same juice last year. I think he should be the first guy off the bench in those true passing situations. That's when you can kick Demarcus Walker inside and, and let him rush for more of a natural position at three tech. I think that's the bears could have a pretty piece together, solid group. I'm not saying it's an upper echelon group uh, by any means, but they could have a viable group because you just can't really convince me on Racine. I mean, even la- even yesterday, like Racine green, like some of these other edge rushers, they just didn't do a whole lot. We kind of know what they are. Terrell Lewis, I guess is kind of intriguing, even though I don't really love him either. Um, but yeah, you just can't really convince me that there's outside of Yannick, there's a tr- a true a better true edge rusher than Travis Gibson. But he should definitely be making the team, man. He shouldn't be right. a, a roster cut. And I'm with you, man. I mean, an obvious passing down. I would like the defensive line more often not to look like you know Travis Gibson and Gakwe at edge. Demarcus Walker 
inside at three tech. And then, you know, maybe you have Andrew Billings, Gervon Dexter, Zach Pickens on there with them, depending on how it is. And I, I would think that would be the most effective group. But that's going to be something that we're going to be monitoring and something, you know, that's really going to be, you know, uh, that, again, we're going to be paying attention to because there is just a lot of versatility and a lot of combinations that the coaching staff could do to get the most out of this uh, defensive line group that, Again, it is definitely uh, a big question mark uh, of this. Probably the biggest question mark of this team. Yeah, most definitely. Before we pivot from the defensive line to maybe some of the more of the back seven players, because there is there is a lot of takeaways I think that we got yesterday from some of the back seven players. I feel like we got to kind of talk about Gervin Dexter and Zach Pickens. Uh, I mentioned Zach Pickens had that sack. I don't really think he did much to get that sack. It was kind of just a blown assignment from the offensive line. I don't like to water down guys' production, but, like, I really think that was more of a product of the play design and the scheme than him really doing much to get that sack. Um, But, hey, I mean, we'll take sacks where we can get them with this defensive line. Um, Gerber Dexter, I mean, I'm going to rewatch the game, and I'll probably tweet some more some takeaways. I'll probably tweet some clips out. Um, but I didn't really see a whole lot from him. I was trying to focus on I watched the game through its entirety. I was trying to focus on him. Didn't really see a whole lot. Um, PFF didn't think either of them did a whole, a whole lot either. They they had him graded with a below average grade, both of them kind of in the same range, um, graded in the 40s. So um, I'll get more eyes on them, Snyder. But did you see anything from the two rookies that, that caught your attention at all? No. Um Again, I think with Zach Pickens and Gervon Dexter, I think there's a lot of pressure on this coaching staff and Ebert Flues and Allen Williams to get the most out of them. And I think you have to see a lot of schemed up stuff, a lot of creativeness. And I know that's not really a typical scheme because it's really just, just simplified. But you really, there's a lot of pressure on them to elevate them, to develop them, and turn them into more refined players that go in with a plan. I mean, everyone knows the talent. It's it's there, you know, and you understand like the big swing for the fences. But again, it's on the staff to get the most out of the, these guys. And that's another thing that we're gonna have to watch because I think I'm not saying there's enough talent there to you know consider us be like a sure playoff hopeful, Super Bowl bust type of year. But there's a lot of at least athletes on there that you gotta see the what the coaching staff is. They have the ability to make the most out of the guys or their coaching staff just there. And I'm just talking defensively. Yeah, no, totally. They're definitely going to have to. If this defense wants to, I feel like, you know, be on par with the improvements on offense, those guys are going to have to develop quickly. And like you said, there's a lot of pressure on the coaching staff to do that because they wanted these raw, toolsy guys that they could kind of mold in their image. So I'm right there with you, Snyder. I feel like – the pressure is not really on the players themselves because everyone knew they were kind of raw and weren't expecting immediate returns. It's going to be on the on the regime and the staff that picked them, um, given that's the bet that they made. So um, why don't we transition to the secondary, Snyder, because we saw a lot of either second-year players or rookies or guys we were having questions about or wanted to see. And Kyler Gordon, for the limited snaps that he played, he only played, I think, like 10 snaps – he looked phenomenal out there, man. He was laying the wood. He had two big hits. Um, I thought in coverage he looked really sharp. He, I think if this is the Kyler Gordon, I know it was a very small sample, but I thought he just looked more comfortable, the most comfortable I saw him in any type of action. 
Um, if we get this version of Kyler Gordon, I think the Bears really have to like what they have at that slot corner position. Totally agree. I mean, Kyler Gordon and even Jaquan Brisker, you understand why they were drafted, man. They played mm-hmm. through the whistle. They played hard. They're versatile. And that's what, you know, this Eber flues and you even go tie it back to Lovey Smith and why Bears fans love that style of play. These dudes just play hard. They play through the whistle and they play together, man. And to get that kind of like enforcement and just savageness from our slot corner is exciting, man. It, I, I just, I, I love that, man, because on both of those hits, did the ball come out? If I'm not mistaken, they did. I know, I know they one did. was down and I don't know if we recovered the other one. I can't remember, but like that that's huge. Like that playing through the whistle and just having the guy just being like ball hawks like that, it does it could change an entire game. Yeah, no, it definitely can be. And just like Kyler Gordon kind of being aware and like I feel like every time he hit them hit the offensive player, it was kinda of out of nowhere because he was in the right position to, to do so every time. So I think those things are very encouraging. Um yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you, Snyder. I think the version of Kyler Gordon and from what we've already seen from Taquan Brisker, that is why the Bears drafted those guys. They are culture setters. They are tone setters. Right. Guys that are not shy from the action. So, yeah, I, I'm right there with you. Um, the only other guy I want to talk about, because a lot of, like, you know, journeymen or, like, veterans that we already know kind of what they are played um, was Tyreek Stevenson's debut. We didn't really see any of Terrell Smith. I don't know if he was dealing with an injury. I, I don't know why he didn't play. I- I believe it, I remember watching the game. They were reporting that I think he was out of practice the last two times, okay. and they're kind of saying that because there was a big position battle between Tyree Stevenson and um, what was his name, Kendall? Um, Kendall Williams or Terrell Smith or? Oh yeah, I'm sorry, yeah, Terrell, uh, um, the corner who drafted in the fifth round. I'm drawing a blank. Gotcha. Yeah, no, Terrell and Smith. I guess yeah, I Terrell Smith. My bad, my bad, Terrell Smith, and. They're saying like there was a big position battle for him, and they're saying that Tyreek Stevenson was practiced with the ones, I think, all this past week or so because of the injury there. So out of the starters that played in the secondary, it was Eddie. So uh, what's his name? Jaquan Brisker didn't play either. So it was just Eddie Jackson and Kyler Gordon from like known starters who we knew were going to play. And Eddie Jackson played 12 snaps. Kyler Gordon played, played 10. Um Tyreek Stevenson was starting out there. He was with the starters, but he played 46 snaps. So I don't really know what to make of that. Um, He played all right. I thought he was pretty up and down. I thought all of the concerns that people had with him kind of showed themselves to be, and that was in zone coverage. He kind of, he blew like very early on blue coverage um, in zone. It was like cover three. And I think he just bit on the run fake and, um, they got it wide open on, on his seam like where he was supposed to be. But the covered the reps and man looked awesome. I thought he was really sticky in man. Um, but just kind of the zone, the lack of awareness there, they kind of showed itself up. So I don't know if they just like want to get him reps or if they're still kind of like questionable on, on whether or not to throw him out there. Because again, the Bears are not very not really a man team. Like that's why I was kind of interested by the pick. They're very much a zone team they run zone on a lot of early downs um and then they run more so man on obvious passing downs but um i don't know Sander, what was your takeaway 46 snaps in a preseason game is a lot especially if tyreek stevenson is going to be the starter right i was just gonna say that for the guy that's presumed the starter when we drafted him yeah that is a ton of snaps and i think it's kind of like 
who else are you going to put out there, you know? Uh, it's like Terrell Smith, I uh, believe, was injured. After that, who who's, who's really fighting him for the position there? I mean, I don't I don't know. Vildor? I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, Vildor was a four, was on, was like a fourth string. Like, we didn't even know if he's going to make the roster. Like, so, yeah, no, I'm right there with you. So, I think it was by default. Um, hopefully, if uh, Terrell Smith is, is healthy by the second preseason, maybe you just see more of an even split. Yeah, no, I really hope Terrell Smith can get back on the field here soon because if it's a true competition, I obviously want to see some of Terrell Smith to get the best feel um, of who will win this job. I would probably still lean Stevenson with the starters, given what you said. I mean, he was practicing with the ones. He was the highly drafted player. I thought he was the better player. Um, but if they disagree and they they kind of lean towards um, some of the naysayers with Stevenson about kind of people's skepticism with him in zone, I could definitely see that because this is very much a bend or break style of defense. You right. can't have guys blowing coverages like and that you kind of need like safe corners. And that's not really Tyree Stevenson. I mean, even on the positive play, um, he almost had like an interception slash pick six against Will Levis. He jumped the route, which was awesome. But, you know, that you can kind of pay for that, too, sometimes. So, I don't know. I, I think it's going to be very interesting to see how this secondary unfolds. I really wasn't expecting there to be a competition. But um, I thought probably the most interesting takeaway from this preseason game was the amount of snaps that Tyree Stevenson played. Yeah, I know that that's a great point. Um, that is, it like really wasn't a question, right? Like who you thought was going to be that that corner. So I think you're really going to see that battle between him and Smith as this preseason goes. So that's going to be something definitely that we're going to keep an eye on, and probably going to be the biggest position battle of the back seven. Yeah, no, it, it most definitely will. Um, Snyder, in terms of a, a forecast moving forward with this Bears team, I think don't they play the Colts? Uh, their upcoming preseason game, I'm pretty sure. I think they're going to be having live practices against them. Um, it is against the Colts um, okay. on the 19th um, Saturday. Yeah, it's going to be. It's actually in Indianapolis. Matt um, was gets to return to his team, so I think that's going to be bitter sweet for them. And that Colts joint practice, I guess it was. It was a, I remember it being like a big thing. They're saying like that doesn't happen with the old president or anything. It wasn't a fan, but. I can't remember exactly, but yeah, that's gonna. That's always good to see. Yeah, I, I'm very interesting. Like you said, at Matty Rufus returns to Indy. I think there's a lot of parallels between both teams, given how they kind of were built. Um, I mean, the quarterback situation specifically. There's a lot of parallels, um, so that should be interesting. Uh, I will definitely. It's at a six o'clock on a Saturday. That's the only unfortunate thing. So um, we'll have to be fully locked into that one sider to get a full vibe of what happens but um just just forecasting the rest of the preseason is there anything else you want to see um from either some of the guys that are kind of trying to prove themselves or just the starters in general like do you need to see any more of justin fields play in the preseason would you like to see that that, that's interesting man because it's so watered down like again it's i wouldn't be upset if justin fields doesn't play yeah, I, I I wouldn't either. I don't. I would like to see reps, but I would rather play on the side of caution and not risk him. Maybe like a drive. Like I, I don't really right. need to see because especially if you're just gonna call like screen passes and stuff like that. What's the point? Like we don't really need to see that. Um, if they were gonna get him some like live reps of true dropback passing, 
that would be one thing. Um, but yeah, I don't really want to get anyone hurt. I'd rather just prepare for the regular season. Yeah, I am with you there, man. Uh, I can see anything from Justin Fields or from a driver too. Still want to see those throws with anticipation, really leaving a guy open. But other than that, that's fine. If I don't see that this preseason, like, like that's fine. I am very confident in our playmakers. Offensive line is super intriguing, and I've always felt very confident of the offensive scheme and just making it really easy for Justin Fields. And then also, you know, building around his strength and his athleticism. So I'm all into this Bears offense. I don't really need to see too much more in the preseason because you can't really throw your cards um you know, in the pot and show too much. Totally agree. Totally agree. All right, Snyder. Well, unless there's anything else you wanted to add, I think it was just going to be, this is going to be it for today. A very quick hitter. Again, there's not a whole lot of takeaways we can take from one preseason game, but I thought we definitely saw some interesting stuff um, and I'm excited for the next game. Yeah, I'm with you, Tom. All right, y'all. Well, until we meet again, keep it real. Bear down. Bear down. Doing some podcast somewhere. Nobody wants to hear you.